this is Lina Parwani, and I'm delighted to welcome you to my unique experience episode of Lina Parwani's All Your Experience. In my professional journey, I've come across myriad of successful personalities, ranging from entrepreneurs, sports stars, actors, and you name it, and many self-made millionaires, billionaires as well. Is this definition of success same for all these people? How do they define it? Most importantly, how did they reach where they are? Can they do it? This podcast aim at documenting these success stories, understanding their struggle and turning point in their life. So as I had one, that's why I'm more interested in their turning points and passing on to these stories to generation of younger entrepreneurs to enrich their lives with these experiences. Our guest today is very special personality, whom I known for a few years already. Someone who has been in the perfume business for decades and first for third generation to join family business, having served at the business for various aspects, one and only Abdullah Ajmal. Abdullah has also worked his way up and at his present, at currently he's holding the position in the group as a deputy chief operating officer at Ajmal Perfumes. Along with having number of achievements under his belt, he's also been featured in Arabian business list. 100 Most Powerful Indian in the Girl. He's been nominated for the Asian Rising Star of the Year and was voted for top 100 Indian business list of Forbes Middle East. But these are just a few of many of his achievements. Welcome you, Mr. Abdullah, on my this show. And thank you so much for accepting to come and be my guest at this show. This means a lot to me and I'm so pumped up for this session. Thank you, Lena. Thank you so much for inviting me to your show or the talk. It's a pleasure being here. So, let's just begin the whole rider's roller coaster stories, which is we are interested to listen more and more about this. Let's start with something of your childhood, your upbringing. Where have you educated yourself and your family background a bit more? Um, okay, so I was born in Bombay, now Mumbai. I did my high school, so SSC, in uh, Bombay. We moved to Dubai in 1988. I was here for a couple of years doing the conversion between Indian and English, British education. Did my high school again as per so O-levels. And after that, I finished my higher education in the UK. Uh, I was there for about seven years. Uh, that was... The period that converted, you know, a boy into a man, so to speak, if I had to quote the cliche. And uh, then I came back to join the family business, end of 1996. And uh, now it's, what, 25 odd years uh, that I've been in the business uh, based out of Dubai. So, yeah, that's pretty much in a very short summary, that's been my history. That's awesome. So it's like very few people who would say stay in UK for seven years and they really want to join back family business. So in your case, it's one of the unique cases. Why family business? Why did you think about something else before you joined family business? Actually, I did not want to join the family business at first immediately. In fact, I wanted to work for um, any international firm, a firm that would give me a better understanding of business, uh, real life. Because my journey or my life in UK was a reality check. You know, typically, Desi family, young... I was 17 when I left, okay? 
So typical Asian families where, especially the boys, and I got to admit, I have to call out our Asian culture. We're very patriarchal. So the boys treated differently from the girls. The girls know how to, you know, live their life as such, you know, they can, they can look after themselves. We, we didn't know anything, you know, I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know anything. So literally I was just thrown into the deep end, which was good because it didn't take long. You know, the best teacher is hunger, hunger for anything, hunger for success, hunger for food, hunger for uh, companionship, love, whatever. It, hunger is the best teacher. And that's what taught me everything. So coming back to the question, you know, I did not want to come back after I finished my MBA. I wanted to continue and I wanted to work. It didn't have to be in the UK. It could have been anywhere, but it definitely needed to be part of a brand. Uh, one of the reasons was because I had an internship and I had an extended internship working with uh, Benetton, which in the 90s, people who are from the 90s would remember Benetton was a big brand. It was a very, very recognized brand. It's not obviously, but it was an important brand. And my experience with them was really good. And I, and I started off in the warehouse. So, but it was really, really good. I was enjoying it. And I wanted to work with, uh, let's say, a couple of brands before coming back and joining. But joining the family business was always in the books. Mm -hmm. That was always part of the plan. Okay. The only thing different was that I would have preferred to stay back for a couple of years, three years, uh, between three to five years, work for different people, and then join the family business. I, I believe that it would have been a very, very enriching experience. I believe also that it would have been something that uh, uh, would have added a lot more value to what I brought to the family business. Just in between, you mentioned one thing, which is, which is I'm always curious about. You mentioned hunger is the key to everything. So what were you hungry for at that time? Experience. You know, today we talk about uh, the Gen Z. We talked about the millennials. We say all they, they think about is experiences. Everybody in the early 20s, uh, yearns and his hunger for experiences, okay? The only difference between that period and now is that the Gen Z have more luxuries of saying no, okay? Because the world has changed, the culture has changed. Uh, they have come up in an environment where they did not have to think about things like, you know, I'll, I'll go through this thing, which I'm sure everybody understands. You know, in the last hundred years, if you were to look at me as the third generation and uh, within the last, say, yeah, about a hundred, within the last hundred years, you look at the first generation. The first generation, all they thought about was survival and looking after their kids and their family. Okay. So everything about them was zimedari. It was all about yeah. responsibilities. Okay. Yeah. They had to look after everybody. So it was, I mean, they took all the shit that was given out to them by either by bosses or by society or by whoever. Okay. That was the individual who did two, two and a half hours commuting in the morning and two and a half hours in the evening, which Ariya never had a life until the day they died. The only satisfaction they had was the, the roof that they were able to pro provide for themselves or their family. Okay, 
So yeah. it was about sustenance. It was about it was about being able to survive. Lots of hardship. Next, yeah, the next generation was all about taking care of their kids because their parents make sure that they gave them an education, a reasonable education. But these people were still not about big plans, big thoughts, big ideas. No. Hmm. It was about okay, college khatam kia, let's get a job, let's get something safe. You know, everything is about safety net. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all planned. At 24, it was this, 27, it was that. By 30, you know, if you ask a second generation individual, they, even if they joined a job, they never thought about being a CEO by 40, even. These younger ones will talk about being a CEO by 30. So, um, that was the plan for them. And as soon as their kids grew up, they finished their education, they got married. That was a satisfaction. Then they wanted to do their Tirti Atra and their Hajj and everything, right? <laughs> mm. that's, that's the way it went. And they yeah. were happy and they were satisfied with that. As long as there was respect in the community or they managed another uh, property and, you know, a little bit mm. of saving, savings. Then you've got the next generation, my generation, okay? So, mm-hmm. yes, by this time, we had had enough success. If it was a business family where they send their kids, then, then the, the, the aspiration was studying abroad, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, I don't remember from what age I was pumped in my head, you know, that you got to go abroad to study. And it was always UK. I have no idea why it was UK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was close to Dubai and before that India, but it was always UK, you know? And uh, so it was always the thing, you know, you got to study, you got to do your uh, further education abroad, make, make your family proud. But the difference was all about making family proud, putting, taking the name to the next level. The aspirations were yours, but they were also very much of the family. Even that more responsibility, a, don't you think third generation got even more pressure on them to make sure they not only grow, but still maintain what they have been given? In fact, in fact, 60-65% of family businesses break. Uh, they, they, they don't survive as family businesses in the third generation. True. One of the reasons is primarily because of the pressure that they get from the uh, from the earlier generation, from the people who have been working with the earlier generation, so all of that, right? So right. there's a lot of pressure from yourself, from your, not so much peers, peers are quite supportive, but the earlier generation, society as a whole, you know, there's a term which I really hate, the, 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 the cultural fabric the society fabric societal fabric all of these things made a big difference right because as much as you got as uh, as opportunity to study abroad and that lifestyle that you got whatever it was mm. you didn't have to do mm. when i was an mba by 24 i mean if you think about it so the experiences hasn't changed the difference is today the gen z will be like come on dad chill yeah okay <laughs> i would rather you know, I couldn't think of a sabbatical, for example. Today, I want to travel the world for a year. You know, I want to have different experiences. Chalo join something. Every three months, they would be jumping and joining something else. And for them, it's okay. And I understand that. Because they, they want newer experiences. And if the experiences is not good, 
they move on. Yeah, all so is totally different, you know. They, they, they don't take any shit today, mm. Gen Z. They're not going to just take, they're not going to travel two and a half hours because for them, what's important is you as an employer have to give me the same kind of respect that I give you. I give you deliverables. You give me what I want. So you give me a great environment to work in. You give me the kind of experience I'm looking for. You give me the respect. Very important. That's and and you let me and you let me for example the travel thing nowadays the gen z loves to travel they want a lot of experiences so mm. experience tab bhi tha aaj bhi hai bas there are just different environments the, the different experiences the, yeah it's just times have changed the desire for experience for a 20 something year old has not changed mm. the only thing is what environment are you in If I'm in a comfortable environment, I have the luxury of thinking about experiences. If I have a full family to feed, then I can't think about those. I don't have the luxury. Right, right. So, Abdullah, tell me when you came and joined the family business, um, you joined as what? And I'm sure you've gone through <laughs> the stages where you give on like, okay, come on, this is the senior position you are getting into it, or you started from the ground. What was your beginning in the family business? so unlike uh, a typical typical asian family right or unlike a typical indian family <laughs> i did not join as a director or uh, even as a senior manager or whatever i joined as an assistant manager and my first job was uh, stores so i had to sit in the stores in the evening and the daytime would be learning perfumery so i was an apprentice under my uncle god bless him <laughs> and uh, then the evenings was the shops dukano mein you know a retail mm-hmm. primary business so um uh, that's what i did to begin with and then um, after a few years uh, moved on to supply chain into different things. so i have had the opportunity to work in most divisions but i had to work my way up and uh, everybody after me i'm the eldest of the third generation so after me there was a lot of rules that were set Mm-hmm. criteria for joining the business education what level you start so for example uh, if you start an assistant manager position which is a fairly i mean that's the lowest in terms of the managerial mid level mid management position you have to be an mba oh okay if you're just a graduate uh, an undergraduate then you 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 join the business as a executive trainee for about a year and a half and then you work your way up and there is a <clears throat> full process you know you either i i was very fortunate i was able to work in most departments and after 25 years i can fairly say that i've i've spent a minimum of 2 to 3 years in almost every area of business and so i've been in the sales side i've been on the supply side um <clears throat> good 10 12 years and uh, yeah so it was never easy we are a very very professionally uh, organized uh, company and the other thing that was very very refreshing in our thing was and i welcomed it was that uh, most of my career my bosses were non family members mm-hmm. if you didn't come on time uh, the the directors or your father well my father was not my reporting boss that's the other rule that we have in our family your father will never be your reporting boss interesting not until you become very very senior yeah. uh, your your training should always be done or your growth should always be done under 
another director. So one of the other senior family members. You say your company, your structure is so unique with step by several rule in that. In, in this whole rule setup thing, did you ever feel like, okay, so my question will be here. What was the turning point in your life where you feel that like that's the major point, which I call it as a milestone. And I feel this is the right place I am. In, and that's how you made it into Forbes list as well. Um, you know, I don't know if, if, if I've reached that turning point yet. Because with every success or failure, there has been emotions. And I'm not sure that I have come to the point, you know, they say that that point of having an epiphany. Mm. Uh, no, I'm not so sure. Uh, I do know that uh, a, a very important point of my life has been, unfortunately, not a very good event. It was, the, it was when I lost my mother. God bless her soul. That was about uh, just over five years ago. That time, uh, you know, my mom always said, okay, you know, regardless, you got to, everything has to be in balance, everything in moderation. Um, regardless how much money and work you put in, you know, stuff like that. So, and and, and I, was, I was putting a lot of hours and... Um, so I, I realized after she was gone that, you know, uh, the one thing that I didn't do was spend enough time with her, for example. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that, that was critical. And that was one point. And then after my daughter was born, I then obviously that thing was again sort of came around, you know, what my mother's words. So I at first I didn't, but... I know it's a horrible thing. COVID has been horrible for almost everybody in the world. But uh, one thing it has helped me is that I've been able to focus on my relationship with my little daughter. She's only four. But um, so that, you know, these are things I think has been more of a turning point because success, failure comes and goes. You know, I'm at that point in my life where having the biggest and the best is not that important anymore. Being the wealthiest businessman, being a billionaire is not that important anymore. You know, having the, the Ferraris and this, that, and the other is not that important. You know, I've never experienced like the high life or the, the billionaire success, but alhamdulillah, whatever I've achieved, I've achieved well on my own with a lot of uh, support from my family and friends and I think you know we all reach that age where you become a little more I will never use the word satisfied because the day you become satisfied that's it that's the end that fire still needs to be there right you have to have you can't be completely happy with everything but the difference is that you're able to handle things better okay with your experiences exactly so that, that that's what I think so, yeah, the, those are the turning points. Other than that, I don't think I've had any kind of turning points or an epiphany point. All right. So, so I get that thing. I think you've already gone through a, quite of a you know, journey with the family business and the large family together. Uh, Did you ever have to prove too much because your family is quite large and you have to just know you worked your way out, as you mentioned that. So you had to prove yourself. You have those feelings to prove yourself all the time? Every single day. So I had attended a course in IMD in uh, Lausanne, which was a, a family business course. 
And I remember one of the professors saying something at that time. This was very early in my career. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the, the problem with family businesses our family members are expected to do more mm -hmm. than the average employee. And I am, I am testament to that. I believe that is very, very true. Unless you've started the business. So if you are the person who is the initiator of uh, any business, a startup or whatever, mm. it's different. But if you've been in the family business like myself, I'm the third generation, mm. then expectations are very, very high. And if you especially have a father like mine, then you've mm. had it. He's a very demanding individual, but very, very good. That's good for us. Not only that, I also had good mentors. My late uncle, he was an amazing creative guy. He pushed me, uh, especially when it comes to learning perfumery. There were different individuals who've been my bosses. They pushed me in their own way. They never really cared that you were an Ajmal family member or whatever, you know. Mm. So it was, it was always kind of uh, challenging in that sense. And now, I feel the challenge coming. Now I have about eight or nine cousins who are in the business. We have other businesses as well. Mm -hmm. They're in the business. And, they, and my uncles always said, you know, they will always look up to you. They will always look up to you. So now mm -hmm. it is important that you always sort of um, stay ahead of the game because you need to, you need to set a good example. Right, right. So since you already actually answered my question, which is like on your inspiration, so you call them like your mentors being your inspiration or anybody else you want to name it as your inspiration in the whole life? So my father's always been my inspiration. So people, uh, my mentors have been there teaching me what I do, mm -hmm. but my inspiration has always been my dad. You know, the way he has led his life, his, uh, his, his values, his leadership skills, his bonding and his very, very important is dedication to his family. So, and, and it's a joint family. Right. So it's that's a that's large family. And he is the eldest of his generation. Oh, well, generation of males. There were, oh. my aunts were there, they were married, they're no more. But uh, in the men, in the business scenario, mm. he was the patriarch after my grandfather. How many brothers your dad had? Uh, he had four brothers. The youngest one, unfortunately, my uncle passed away the mm -hmm. others are in the business so. okay and they all are in this perfume business or another business no, um, no so not everybody is in the perfume business as i mentioned different people are looking after different businesses mm -hmm. one of my uncles um, he was the original perfumer of the family he gave up business uh, i think about 15 odd years ago he mm -hmm. is he looks after our in our csr corporate csr programs Mm -hmm. uh, because you need uh, ours, is, ours is quite elaborate uh, mm. we originally come from Assam so a lot of our work is based in Assam he's also a politician now so tell me do you have any further future goal or aspiration which you look up to and you say okay this is me now or 10 years down the line this is what I am focusing on or 20 years or when I'm going to retire any such thoughts comes in your mind um, one thing I try and do every let's say 10 years or something, uh, I try and reinvent myself. So I start something new or get into something which is uh, unknown. Mm -hmm. It keeps the interest. I mean, I like new things. Novelty is interesting. Beat new markets, new businesses. Uh, so now I'm uh, helping 
our Indian team to grow the business in India. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a consultant to them. So that's a, it's, a, it's a startup, small uh, compared to the rest of the business. And it has uh, perfumery, but it has other things as well. So we're, we're working on new things. So the idea is to keep yourself interested, right? To keep yourself relevant. That's the most important thing. And uh, as far as retirement is concerned, um, I've never really thought about an age as such. Uh, I, I thought, you know, as long as health permits, as long as you don't reach a point where you start feeling irrelevant. I don't want to be around. Mm -hmm. I know that the talent that is there uh, mm. respects me. So respect my presence. For me, it would be that I want to see, because there is a, quite a big gap between quite a few of my cousins and stuff. Mm -hmm. And when we see a lot of young people coming into the organization, as long as that respect is there, that this person is earning their value, then it's fine. Not because you were born in Anajmal and holding that post. So I'm very conscious about the fact that uh, the day I start seeing that that respect is going, going, not gone, going, that, you know, people are seeing that, listen, old man, now that could happen in five years. It could happen never. And oh. if that happens, and if I truly feel that I'm not uh, adding value to the overall business, that's the time I think I would consider retirement. But I would never retire from work. I will always do something or the other. Well, it's important for anybody to travel because, you know, you learn so much. Travel is the one thing that teaches you so much. But inspiration for our industry comes a lot from traveling, meeting people, seeing places. Yeah, it's a very, very important now. Interesting. Plus, you balance it out now. So I think this generation understands some more, a lot more actually about balancing your family life and work life. So, yeah, as you said, you were not taking a lot of offs before, but now you do take because of your young family. And that's becomes really important. And that's what I think COVID also taught us that these things are small, looks like, but they are super important to drive us sometimes. In fact, it is. Uh, I mean, I, I learned this very, very late to be honest, to give enough time to my family and stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a two and a half generation. And, uh, and, and my father now preaches a lot about, you know, being able to, and he encourages everybody to take holidays and, you know, to give enough time to your family. Very, very important. So true. Family time is really important. I think when we just make, uh, I think when we are working too much on the, you know, growing the business, we do tend to forget about other things. And if your family also focus on that, you mentioned your dad still tells you, because if the older generation still tells you to spend time with family, then I'm sure they're saying all this with the personal experiences that he, how much they missed it or they wanted to make sure that you don't miss it. So true. I missed first two years of my daughter's life. Tell me, tell me, Abula, any rituals, everyday thing, any habit that you just do it without fail every single day? So there are a few things we always do. We always have, we try to have at least one meal with the family. Mm -hmm. For sure, mostly, mostly dinner. Um, the uh, rituals, I mean, I can't say that there is something that I, uh, I more so now I've started. I, I try and spend at least a little bit of time with my daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, because I mean, when I say spend time, as in not when she's sleeping and I'm just lying next to her, <laughs> no, as in some amount of communicative time. So either early in the morning or, 
before she goes to bed or something like that so mm-hmm. that's one of the thing the other thing which i'm i'm ashamed but you know it's a reality and i have no shame in saying it i never used to i wasn't i mean I, we're a muslim family we're a very conservative muslim family so praying five times in our family was a is a very dumb thing you know but i i was never that regular but now lately i've become far more regular about it so that is one thing i can say to become more ritualistic the other thing is looking after my health i've uh, i've uh, over the last year and a half again the lockdown obviously kind of forced people either to become healthy or the other way yeah, so either, both extreme sides of it either you are here either you're there yeah, absolutely and i fortunately fortunately i took the uh, i took the positive route so now i'm looking after my health uh, what i eat i work out regularly um i've i've lost something like 22 kilos in the last year awesome 22 kilos yes i've seen you recently and that shows like when your healthy body your mind is healthy as well so your healthy <laughs> body is also like contributing to your success a lot because you get those good thoughts as well your brain is on right place if you're working out right for your body you you you're cautious about everything you know you're cautious about everything you come to realize uh you come to take time uh, uh more seriously you don't take it for granted as much as you did let's say in your 20s 30s you know i i had a alhamdulillah i've had a very good life i can't complain about anything so i've had great family very supportive i've had amazing friends so it's been all in all it's been great so you know now you start realizing things for yourself. Mm. So yeah, before I get into the last two questions of mine, I have one interesting question for you. Do you have any fear? Any fear still at any stage at this time? Like what do you fear? Uh fear. Yeah. I I do have a very big fear actually. Uh this actually stems from something my mom used to say. I I don't know. I I'm, I'm assuming a lot of your listeners are going to be Indian. so i'm going to use the urdu term you know she always said that uh, i mujhe takleef se nahi jaan kisi ke kisi ke upar uh, reliant nahi hona hai you know mazoor nahi hona hai not to be dependent on anyone absolutely i don't want to be dependent on anyone in my day and days as such mm. and that's the one thing that i i pray for as well so my biggest fear would be you know to end up as a as as a, a dependent and especially the last one and a half year has put so much i won't say fear because it hasn't stopped me from uh, yes it has stopped us from doing a lot of things i'm not going to be cavalier about the way i live my life now go and meet anybody and you know uh, you know we we're, we're doing all the right things wearing masks uh, social distancing being cautious where you go etc cetera, etc cetera. because i have known and seen so many people who have ended up due to covid ending up on the ventilator uh, ending up being in really really bad health you know mm-hmm. passing away in my opinion i know it sounds horrible is is the easy part if you end up in in a situation where your entire family is every day they're scared they're fearful they're hopeful everything you know mm-hmm. this is my i i think my big fear is that other than that i have tremendous faith in uh, the almighty that you know you always jump back there has been challenges in life who doesn't have it 
Yeah. You know, as long as your support system is good, you always bounce back. True, true. We call it challenges comes on all the time to test us. And I think we need to be tested time to time. And, and, and I believe they should because without challenges, life is no fun. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, there is no fun if you don't have uh, shitty days. How are you, you going to realize what are the good days? Yeah, what are the good days look like? Yeah. You've, you've got periods, not days, periods that are going to be uh, trying periods and we've had them. I've had them. But, uh, but when you get out of it, you feel victorious, you feel positive, you feel good about yourself and you've learned another lesson. I so agree with you, every single line of yours and uh, as I've gone through the same and I 100% believe that if these challenges wasn't there in my life, I wouldn't have gone to the next level or I wouldn't be pushed by anything else. The challenges are all something pushes us and we welcome those challenges. I think that's why uh, an entrepreneur who when they choose to be in the business, they by default agree to this challenge in life. They have to. See, the first rule of being an entrepreneur is to be able to face failure on your own. Very important. On your own. If you're going to face failure with a system around you, then you're not an entrepreneur. You should be, you should have the guts to be able to fall down and get up again. I know it's all cliched, but the one thing that I always add is that it's got to be on your own. You should be able to find that path on your own. You need the support. You need the everything. You need the... Today, I have the luxury of, of having a, a very, very robust support system. But mm-hmm. what is in you? You know, you need to have the... And that's again being a third generation family member. What value did you add when things were tough? Right, right. So it, it's very, very critical. Abhinav, now since you've been there around 25 years in the business, I just want to ask one thing here that imagine you're having this conversation with 15-year-old of yourself, knowing what you know now. What mm-hmm. advice would you give it to your that younger self for yourself? Um, you know, one is personal, which is, uh, which is uh, uh, I would say, spend more time with the family, particularly uh, our mother. Now that we've lost her, we realize it's like everybody else, right? You, you realize the importance once you've lost the individual. So that's one. Professionally, I would tell myself that learn as much as possible, uh, either from people, uh, do courses. Let's say, for example, now I've made it a habit over the last few years. I do some sort of a course or an executive program or something mm-hmm. every year, a uh, year and a half. So learning, keep yourself on your toes, you know, um, balancing life is important, but then telling a young person balanced life is always very difficult because nobody bloody listens anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's how we're built. That's how we're wired. So exactly. But then learning is something that is, you know, because if you now look at uh, the younger generation, Look at the amount of knowledge. Look at the amount of information they assimilate. They take in so much data and they're able to hold and utilize that. We, so today, I can't say 15 years ago I should have used the internet as much because we didn't have that much, you know, right. these kind of tools. But there were other ways of learning. 
So I would, I would definitely tell myself, keep yourself informed all the time. So reading, right? But then I was, I was always, I, I enjoyed reading, uh, but I never read serious books, okay? Serious stuff. It was mm. always um, fiction. So I would say balance it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Don't do it, but balance it. It, it is very, very important. Continuously learning is a very important thing that one should do. I agree with you. You stop learning, you stop growing. So yeah. learning is... That's, that's the way it is, yeah. That's the way it is. That's true. Before we sign off, I have last question for you, which is I always like to close up with this thing. Three things you're grateful about in your life. Um, wow. Okay. So obviously it goes without saying. The first thing is my faith. Uh, the number two is my family. Um, number three is an extension of what my... I'm very, very grateful to the life I have. You know, just the simple things. The fact that I can drive. The fact that mm. I have all my limbs in place, my eyes, nose, everything, you know. Alhamdulillah. So I'm, I'm very grateful about these things. And the Almighty has blessed me with all these things. So uh, these are the things I'm more grateful about. Thank you so much, Abdullah, for sharing all this information. Thank you very much, Nina. It was very nice talking to you. It was amazing talking to you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.